Have you ever thought about homeschooling your kids? Maybe you're on the fence and just not sure if this is the right fit for your family. You may be wondering, am I cut out for this? What if I fail? What if I mess up my kids? We have a special guest on the show who is going to answer some of these questions for us. Welcome to episode 32 of Redeeming the Chaos with Laurie Christine. Hey mama, does your life feel a bit chaotic right now? Do you feel overwhelmed by the weight of responsibility to raise those little boys God has given you? Do you want to raise strong, courageous young men who are fully committed to following Jesus? In all the chaos of raising boys, we recognize that Christ is the only one who can redeem the chaos in our world, our homes, and our own hearts. I know that I can't do this alone. I desperately need God to give me strength every step of this journey. But guess what? I also need you. I would love for you to join me on this wild, wonderful, chaotic adventure of raising courageous boys and connecting their hearts to Christ. So how do you know if homeschooling is right for your family? Just a disclaimer, I actually do not homeschool my kids, but I have the utmost respect for those of you who do. And I know with so many things going on in our culture and our society today, a lot of you listening may be considering homeschooling in the future. So how do you know if homeschooling is right for your family? In our episode today, I am chatting with Katie J. Trent. And she is a leader in the Christian homeschool community outside of Phoenix, Arizona. She also is the author of Dishing Up Devotions, 36 Faith-Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. And I'm excited to talk with her about her new book that is coming out very soon. Katie draws on a wealth of knowledge and experience from over a decade of counseling, ministry, and church planting in order to equip women to grow their faith, strengthen their families, and simplify their homeschool journeys. Also, Katie was one of our guest bloggers who participated in the Family Fruit Challenge over the summer. So if you participated in that, you might recognize Katie's name, and I am so excited to be able to have her on the show today. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining us for Redeeming the Chaos. We are really excited to have you here with us today. Thanks, Lori. I'm so excited to be here with you. So I would love for you to tell our listeners just a little bit about your family and a little bit of your background. Absolutely. So I've been married to my husband, James, for 16 years, and we have two adorable little kiddos. Our son, Jordan, is six, and our daughter, Kendra, is eight. We are a homeschooling family, and we do... Um, pastoral ministry and church planting and all the things over in Arizona. Awesome. So I want to hear a lot about your homeschooling journey. Our topic for the show today is we're talking about homeschooling and is it a right fit for my family? Some families love it, some families hate it. So I just would love to hear some of your perspective. So to start out, tell us how did you get into homeschooling? What were some of the factors that helped you to make that decision for your family? Yeah, absolutely. We actually never intended to homeschool. That was not on my radar. I went to public school um, and I just never thought about homeschooling. I didn't really even know anyone who did it. I think I'd met one kind of awkward homeschool family once when we did youth ministry, but you know, it just wasn't a common thing that I was aware of. And I was actually an elementary school counselor for a year 
And it was during that time, my kids were little. Um, well, my daughter, let's see. Yeah, my son was baby. And we, as I was going through, that was really where the Lord started convicting me of the need to homeschool and just showed me, he just put such a burden on my heart. I saw in every classroom, these teachers who were working so hard and doing their best and working within a system that they all felt was pretty broken. Um, And whether the kid was the smartest kid in the class or the kid that was struggling the most, I just saw that there were so many limits to what they were actually able to do in the classroom. And then the Lord really started speaking to me about intentional discipleship and looking and understanding that the systems of the world want to take away from our kids the things that God has actually put within them. And so like for myself, I used to be very outgoing and I outspoken and I did all these things. And it was through different things throughout my life that that was really stripped away. I was told you're too much, don't talk, you know, all of these things and became very mm-hmm. insecure. And so God really put a burden on my heart for my kids to be able to be raised in such a way where they could be who he'd created them to be. And the world wouldn't tell them not to do the things or be who they were created to be. And so that was really where the burden started. And I talked with my husband and we prayed because at that time he was doing ministry. I was the one making the income. And he was like, you want to what? You want to stop working? You want to pay to homeschool because it's not just free. Um, You know, that was a big life shift and we had to talk about it. But as we prayed and really started looking at it, he felt the same conviction that he really wanted us to be the primary voices in our kid's life. He wanted us to have the freedom and flexibility to really cultivate and nurture who they were created to be in a very intentional way from a young age and to be able to help them move from immature in those behavioral characteristics that the world is trying to squash into mature without losing that fundamental aspect. So for example, like my daughter, also very outspoken, she's very curious, she's very passionate. And I know that if she had been in a different setting, that would have been squashed. She wouldn't have been able to do that. She's very creative and artsy. Um, So having that opportunity to come alongside her and really get to know who God's created her to be has been a fun process to see how we can move her in that direction. So I love that. I love that you are looking at your kids and giving them a vision for who God created them to be and what God has in store for them. And yeah, you have so much flexibility as a homeschool mom to encourage those those passions and encourage those interests, just those talents that that the Lord has has given them. Um, I really love that. So your kids, you said you have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. Um, what grades are they in? Yeah, right now? so my daughter's in third grade and my son is in first. So we put my daughter in like an, a Montessori preschool when she was three. And that was when I was doing the elementary school counseling. And then after that was when we started homeschooling her. And so my son's been homeschooled all the way through. Um, and I say all the way through, really, we started later with him. I think the more you do homeschool, the more you realize that you don't have to follow the traditional school model. And so mm-hmm. I recognize boys are so different. My daughter was ready to learn. She wanted to be part of actual, you know, like letters and numbers and all of that. But my son has such an imagination and he's all boy, he's all play. And I didn't want to start with that rigorous school too young. And so we really are just now when he's in first grade starting more with letters and and those types of things and we've really allowed him to just learn through fun and play and different things than we did with my daughter. So, yeah. That's great. I love that you're 
looking at your son and daughter as different, they learn differently. Um, and of course, our listeners to this podcast know all about boys and raising boys. And so, yeah, I definitely want to want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you've done differently with your son as a homeschool mom versus um, with your daughter. But let, we'll get to that in just a couple of minutes. But um, what are some of the things that you love most about homeschooling? And I think you did touch about touch on some of those things. But I also know that it's not all just easy and smooth sailing. Like, tell us what uh, some of those challenges are as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love the time, the quality time and the relationships that I'm building with them and also that they're building with each other has been the greatest blessing of our lives to just really have this time together is so invaluable. You know, we, we know in our minds that, you know, we have say 18 years with our kids in our home, maybe, but it really goes so quickly. And having the time that we've had over the last few years has absolutely been my favorite. Watching my kids grow in their relationship and knowing that they're nurturing a relationship now that's going to sustain them throughout their life has been great. And of course, the challenge is homeschooling is not for the faint of heart. It is, I'm not, it's not sunshine and roses and happy days. You know, we're not all the time perfect. It's not like that at all. There are definitely days where I am the worst version of myself and my kids are the worst versions of themselves. And that beautiful yellow bus looks so alluring. And I want (laughs) to hide in my closet and eat chocolate and, you know, just do the things. So there's challenges. And I think the biggest thing is you have to know why you're homeschooling. It's not something that you just think, oh, this is going to be easier or this is going to be more fun. And so I'm going to do it. Like you have to know what you want and what that end goal is. And for me, the end goal is not, oh, I want them to graduate or go to college or anything like that. It's who do I want my kids to become when they grow up? What do I want their faith to look like as they grow? What type of characteristics do I want them to embody and who do I want them to be and how do I want to position them to change the world, not just to enter the world and be a worker, but to really be a leader who changes their generation. And so when you have the end in mind, that's really how you can sustain yourself through homeschooling. There are so many amazing days and beautiful moments all throughout, but it's challenging at times and it takes work. You know, it's an investment. It's really a sacrifice just like parenting in general. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's really good encouragement for moms who are listening who maybe are homeschooling right now and you're just ready to give up and throw in the towel and be like, I'm done. This is too hard. Like, I love that um, you said to remember your why. Remember, and if you you haven't thought through that, maybe, you know, sit down and, and write it out, write it out, like put it in a poster on your wall. Like, this is why I'm doing this. This is my goal. This is what I'm, what I'm working towards. So I know that homeschooling has had lots of misconceptions over the years and kind of some stigmas. Like what are some of those misconceptions? And can you speak to just like some things that people just assume about homeschoolers, which are not true sure. at all? Yeah, definitely. It's funny how many misconceptions there are and how many stereotypes, and I'm guilty of thinking the same things, you know. But I think the first one that I hear so often is, you know, I'm not smart enough or there's no way that I can teach my kids. And first off, I want to say to that, it's funny that we feel inadequate and we feel inept to teach our kids, and yet we want to put them in the same system that we grew out of that caused us to believe we're not enough, right? Hmm. Um, But the truth is, no one knows your kids better than you. 
No one loves your kids more than you, and no one is more invested in their success in the future than you are. And so that in and of itself makes you their first and best teacher. And we don't realize we are already their teacher. Who taught them to walk and to talk and to potty train and to eat and what all the words in the world are? Like, we're already doing it. And that's who God created us to be is naturally we are those teachers for our kids. And so it's really homeschool is an extension of that. And you grow together. So it doesn't matter where you ended at math or where your own education ended, because you're going to redeem your own education alongside your kids. And for me, that's another thing that I've loved. I have a master's degree in social work. I went through school. I got all A's. You know, I was a 4.0 student. But I didn't ingest and really understand the things that I learned. I just took the test, right? I passed and it never went to long-term memory. So here I am with my first and third grader. I'm loving learning history and geography and science and really making those connections because everything points to God. And when we have the time to really look at that in a different way, it's not just checking a box or doing, you know, I learned what does the teacher want and how am I going to pass this so that the teacher will give me a grade. Instead, I'm learning to love learning. And so no matter what your own education is or your own insecurities, there are so many resources available too now that there weren't before. So there's really no excuse not to because you have everything you need to be successful, no matter what your own struggles or inabilities are. Um, So that's one. I'd say another really big misconception is that I can't do it because there's some hole. So maybe I'm not married. Maybe my spouse is, you know, fighting overseas, or maybe um, I need to work full time or whatever it may be. You might think that I can't do it because of this, but really it doesn't matter if you work full time, if you're doing it by yourself, everybody can homeschool. I have a wonderful friend. She's amazing. She works full time, nine to five job. And then she works a second full time job within the homeschool community, um, helping other homeschool communities. And then she also homeschools her kids and they're in all the sports and all of that too. So there really is time because we think that school has to happen for six hours a day or eight hours a day, like it does in the school system. But when you're actually in the system, you realize it's trying to move the big ship that causes all that time to be needed. So you can effectively homeschool your kids, especially when they're little in less than a couple hours a day. And even when they're in high school, you can do a four hour homeschool day easily. And the more they grow, the more independent they become. So I think that's the biggest misconception too, is just, it doesn't matter what your situation is. If you feel a burden on your heart to homeschool, God absolutely can make a way. Yeah, that's great. Now, those of you listening are maybe you're feeling like, oh, wow, like I, I would love to try homeschooling or I've been thinking about it for a little while or um, but then there's others of you who are probably thinking there's no way and maybe not for any of those reasons. Maybe that you're just feeling like this isn't the best fit for our family. Like so, I mean, obviously, we can't say that homeschooling is for everyone. So how would you decide? Like, how do you know, like, if this is a good fit for your family? Yeah, I would say first off, anyone can homeschool, but you're right that I think we have different seasons of our life as well. So what might not be a good fit in one season might be a good fit in another season. Mm -hmm. And whether you homeschool for one year or all the way through, the benefits of spending that time with your kids, like you'll never look back and be like, oh, I wish I hadn't spent that time with my kids. 
it might have been hard, but there'll be so many memories in between. Um, so first off, I'd say that. Second off, I'd say, you know, I believe everybody on the podcast is faith-based. And if they're not, maybe they just listen. But for me, it's recognizing if you feel a nudge at all that God might be leading in you that direction, you want to be obedient to the Lord. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. You know, we want to be faithful to whatever the Lord is speaking to us. And so I would never tell everybody, everybody should just stop and homeschool today because you're on a path with your life and your kids and you've got to trust the Lord with them and what you're doing. And so I always take it to the Lord for where, what do we need to do this year? Where are we going? Because he knows what's coming up, right? We have no idea. And I have friends who go back and forth. Sometimes they put their kids in school and sometimes they pull them out and they homeschool and it just depends on their season. But every time they've made those decisions, you see the hand of the Lord in it and know that there was purpose for each of those places that they were positioned. And so I say, first off, take it to the Lord and see where your conviction is. And then if you're thinking about it, you know, write out what are your fears, what are your insecurities, what are the barriers that you might see, and take those to the Lord as well and say, what what am I facing and what's possible? And then it's really just deciding, like, sometimes we don't have the capacity, right? Some I hear moms all the time, like, I could never do that or, you know, and so it's, you've got to be at a place where you feel like, yes, I want to take this leap and I want to try. And then realize that even if you try it for a year and for some reason it's not, you just put them back in another school and that's okay. I know a lot of people are worried, well, they'll get behind or this or that, but really it's not. I've never seen a problem whether people pull their kids out, you know, and homeschool the last few years or somewhere in between. Uh, it's so flexible. You also need to know like every state is different for homeschooling. So the first thing I would do if I was feeling that nudge is I would Google homeschooling in Pennsylvania, Arizona, you know, wherever state you're in and see what the requirements are because they're different. And so you want to know what you're getting yourself into if you're going to go that direction. Um, Arizona is a great state for homeschooling. You know, it's very uh, supportive of homeschooling families. We have limited restrictions. But I would say, you know, there's a lot of families with special needs. And I know, especially with boys, you know, we get a lot of very active boys and we get, you know, all sorts of behavioral things and different things where I can see moms of boys, especially I was a counselor for many, many years and a school counselor. And so I know like the idea of, oh, being home and trying to work on these things without all the resources, maybe that a school offers can be intimidating. But I would say to that, there's actually a lot of support for moms of kids with special needs. And so there's really, you're able to do that oftentimes better or with community resources than maybe what the school can even offer. So I wouldn't let that limit you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that it's encouraging to to know if this is something I want to do, you absolutely can do it. If this is something you don't want to do, that's okay too. Like that's that is okay. You have that that the right to make that decision. And I love the the flexibility of like choosing what's best for your kid in any given moment and any given year. Like when our kids were little, when we were deciding on what to do with schooling at the very beginning when he was in kindergarten, 
my mindset was like, well, this is such a huge decision. I have to make this decision kindergarten through 12th grade. Whatever I do now, this is it. Like, because that's what my experience was. I went to a private Christian school from kindergarten through 12th grade. There were 24 people in my graduating class. And I was like, but this is going to set the stage for the rest of their lives. And I came to realize that that is not true, that there is a lot of flexibility. And so we actually started out doing what's called a university model program, where it's like part homeschool and part in the classroom, regular school. So we actually did that for two years uh, for my oldest um, and then my, my second son. So they did kindergarten and first grade. And I really loved the concept. I was like, well, this will be the best of both worlds. You know, like I don't have to do all the lesson planning, but we still have some extra time at home. And especially when they were little, like I was nervous about sending them to like full day kindergarten at the public school. And um, so it just seemed like a good option at the time. So we did that for two years and I'm thankful that we did. So I had a first grader and a kindergartner and then I had a maybe a three-year-old and a and a one-year-old. <laughs> and oh my word, those days were just so chaotic by the end of the day. And I just felt like I wasn't, I wasn't, I felt like I was neglecting the two little ones when I was trying to do school with the older ones. And when I was with the little ones and the older ones needed me to help them. And so it was just, it was hard. And granted, now if if I had been doing like full homeschool, that may have been different, that may have looked different because I would have had the flexibility to be like, hey guys, go out and play for a couple hours while I take care of the babies and then we'll do this later or whatever. You know, we could we could move things around. But um, so anyway, so I do love the encouragement to just be flexible and look at what your kids need in that time. Decide on a kid to kid basis. Like I know families who have one kid in public school, one kid in private school and one kid is being homeschooled. And it just depends on what their needs are that year. And then maybe the next year, maybe the homeschool kid goes back to public school for a year and the other one comes out, you know. So whatever is best is best for your kids, I, I think is is the way to go for sure. Absolutely. And that's really important, I think, for parents to know. And you're right, you hit on it can be hard, especially when they're little, but you have that flexibility to adjust that. And you have to be flexible when you're homeschooling. There are days where like, for some reason, we're all too emotional and we might say, you know what, we're just going to go to the park or we're going to go do the museum or whatever it might be. And then there's other days where, you know, they're whining and fussing, but we get through it. And then there's other days where they want to learn and they want to do the things. And so having that flexibility regardless of what you're doing. And I would say too, just know that whether you're homeschooling or not, you can still say, I'm going to choose to intentionally disciple my kids in a very effective way and I'm going to make the most of my time. And so regardless of what you're doing, my hope for you that listening to the podcast would be that you would leave knowing regardless of what choice you make for school, that you can become very intentional and active in how you disciple your kids and equip them for their future. So we are going to continue our conversation with Katie Trent next week. And I hope that you will come back and join us because we are going to dive in to some of the ways that we can be intentional about discipling our kids. Katie has some really great resources to share with us. And whether you are homeschooling your kids or whether your kids are at public school and you are working full time, you have an amazing opportunity and responsibility to teach your kids about the Lord. So I'm excited to talk to Katie about that. I mentioned earlier that Katie is the author of Dishing Up Devotions, 
36 Faith Building Activities for Homeschooling Families. And right now you can pre-order her book on Amazon. It is actually coming out on October 26th, I believe. And you can go to Amazon right now and pre-order it. And if you do, you will get a free pre-order bundle. And Katie sent me a copy of it and it is just really awesome. It's a 140 page bonus bundle of family faith building activities. So you can go to katiejtrent.com. I will have a link in the show notes and you can click on the link for the pre-order bundle. So I do hope that you will take advantage of that. And I hope you will join us again next week to hear a little bit more from Katie. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 32 of Redeeming the Chaos. If you would like to read a blog version of this episode or download free resources that will help you raise courageous boys, go to redeemingthechaos.com.